Singling God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're seeing there that the kingdoms of this world are aligned against the nation Israel, and that's always been, because it's God's land, it's God's people. But then there's the church, and all nations will be against the church. Jesus stated in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Not Israel, but the church. The church is called by his name, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. But many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Not just some, but many. As we see in Revelation 13, there is a beast that comes up out of the sea. And we see the definition given to it, defining it as seven heads and ten horns and ten crowns upon his head. Now we're going to see in Daniel 7, it gives us the identity of these. And of course, everyone knows to understand the book of Revelation, we have to understand the other apocalyptic books. Ezekiel, Daniel, Jeremiah, etc. We'll be focusing on this conglomerate of nations, this political system, this beast coming up out of the sea. It is a political beast. It is governmental of the kingdoms uh, of the north. We're going to see that in Jeremiah and Daniel. He stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads uh, the names of blasphemy. It'll be against the Lord Jesus Christ, not just the nation of Israel. It's very important to see that the book of Revelation is written to the servants of God that are called by his name. That's the church. The servants of God are the ones that obey him, keep his commandments, and they've grown to have the testimony of Jesus. They've grown in faith. From faith to faith, from glory to glory, and to the image of Jesus Christ. The beast which I saw was likened to a leopard. Now we see in Daniel 7, the leopard. And he talks about a lion, and there goes from a lion, a bear, and a leopard. We see that in the night vision. Now it's important to know the night. Work while it's day, for the night cometh in which no man can work. And it's in the night uh, visions that we see the man-child birth in the night. Job says so. Cursed be the night, and when they said, a man-child is birthed. We find that this is in the night visions. And it's the visions there to seal up the vision and the prophecy. Well, the prophecy of the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is Daniel speaking. And he said he saw by night a vision. And behold, the four winds of the heavens drove upon the great sea. Synonymous with Revelation 7. The four winds that were to hurt the land, the sea, and the trees, and do not hurt the land, sea, and the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. I heard the number of them that were sealed. The apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7 is 12 squared or 
144,000. He did not write 144,000. He wrote in the Greek equivalent to R, English language, R-M-D. R-100, M-40, D-4, and 1,000. That's perfected glory. We see that in Canticles 8, Song of Solomon, the 8th chapter. Solomon hath a vineyard in Baal Haman. Solomon, you must have a thousand. Perfected glory. All the keepers of the vineyard, 200. 200 is insufficiency, just as Jesus said to Philip and Andrew there when they said, I suppose 200 penny worth of bread would not be sufficient to feed all of these. Talking about feeding the 5,000. 200, the number of insufficiency, but each of the keepers of the vineyard are 200. That tells us in Song, Song of Solomon, the eighth chapter. There, a thousand is perfected glory. Each of the keepers of the vineyard, 200. 200 for the apostle, 200 for the prophet, 200 for the evangelist, 200 for the pastor, 200 for the teacher. Well, then... That is the ministry to bring forth the body of Christ unto perfection for the perfecting of the saints. Well, here they are perfected. These are the ones that are sealed, that have grown up into Jesus in all things, uh, all things of faith and all truth. And they are the ones that will proclaim the everlasting gospel of the kingdom to a witness in all nations. And then the end will come. Well, we see this beast rise up out of the sea. It's going to have, as we see in Revelation 13, the beast was likened to a leopard. His feet was like the feet of a bear. His mouth is the mouth of a lion. Though we see this as a conglomerate of the nations that are spoken of in Daniel 7. It says the first was like a lion. These are four great beasts that come up out of the sea, the same as in Revelation 13. Diverse or different one from another. The first was like a lamb. It had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings there were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Same thing happened to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And a beast's heart was given to it, and the beast is the number of a man. Another beast, as so it's a worldly beast. That is like a lion. And then another beast, a second likened to a bear. It had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it, and they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld in another likened to a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. Now, dominion will be given over all the earth. We see that in Revelation 13, over all the nations, kindreds and tongues. And it will prevail against the saints for 42 months, time, times and a half, three and a half years. It is imperative that we understand this because it's not to destroy the body of Christ. It's not to destroy the church or the nation Israel. But it is to perfect the church that we, through this sufferings, the cross, will mortify the deeds of the flesh. Jesus, the captain of our salvation, learned obedience through the things which he suffered. 
making the capital of our salvation, perfect through suffering. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Therefore, we find in 1 Peter 4, 1, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, in the days of his flesh. Be you therefore likewise minded. We arm our minds that be the same as that mind of Christ. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That is the cross. But now we have a crossless Christianity. We have a blessing plan. We have a prosperity gospel. And none preaches the cross. Very few understand that we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him, made conformable into his death. That is, that we mortify the deeds of the flesh. We're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him, thinking not strange the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, and the glory of God resteth upon your head. And we count it a joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Somebody said a joy? Yes. Though your faith be tried as by fire, that gives us a principle. When you have an effulgence and a revelation of the word, we have that lightning. But then it follows thunders. That's the voice. And that voice is to hear and to understand to hear the word of God, to understand that revelation and going deep into our heart and our spirit. To do that, where it comes up in our bones uh, and we do not allow the devil to take that revelation away, the word of God that's in our heart, then we are tried. When tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, by and by, some are offended. They bring forth no fruits unto perfection. Are the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. We have to understand that we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. And that is the witness. You shall be witnesses of me, and that witness is a mortar. Believe in the Lord Jesus, even unto death sealing our testimony with our own blood. So, right, blessed are they that die in the Lord, yea, henceforth and forever, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. If we suffer with Jesus, we will also reign with him and be a joint heir with Christ. Paul gives us that principle. He said, we're trouble on every side but we're not in distress. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. Then that Paul tells us, we which live, the body of Christ, not the nation of Israel, we which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of our Lord Jesus would be made manifest in our mortal bodies. For we which live are always delivered unto death, that that life would be a real a realization and seeing a living epistle bringing glory to our Lord Jesus Christ 
a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a holy nation, whereby we show forth the praises of God, seeing our good works and glorifying our Lord Jesus in heaven. And this light affliction, which is only but for a moment, yields for us a more eternal, exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, but it requires mortifying the deeds of the flesh. It's called sanctification. So God will do a work in the last days, these days. And those that understand will bring forth Christ in them to the fullness, to the measure of the statue of Jesus. This is held up in God's treasures. He says that in Deuteronomy 32. Is this not sealed up among my treasures? For the Lord will judge his people. The church of the living God all know that judgment must first begin at the house of God. And the righteous scarcely be saved. But you don't hear that preached. We don't hear of hail, fire, and brimstone. We don't hear the work of the ministry. We don't hear that through this time we're partakers of Christ's sufferings that the glory of God may rest upon us. For the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil when he sees that their power is gone. Not Holy Ghost power, but their own power, their own works of the flesh. We have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. It's called sanctification. Sanctified holy through the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth and sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord in both spirit, soul, and body. That sanctification process is through a mortifying the deeds of the flesh. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Experience worketh hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad by and our hearts by the Holy Ghost. This is the work of the ministry. It's a strange work. Bring to pass God's act is a strange act. Don't mock at it, lest your bands of your heart be made strong. For God will lay judgment to the lion, righteousness to the plummet, and we will be measured the temple of God and the altar in them that worship therein. All of us in the body of Christ will be measured. Those that come forth will receive a 30, 60, and a hundredfold in the Lord Jesus Christ. will bring forth fruit. And that is not just corn harvest of Pentecost. It's a fruit harvest of oil and wine, and not Pentecostal, but tabernacleist, coming to a higher glory. And we see this in the Revelation, which is given to us there in the land, bear, and the leopard, that these were diverse beasts one for another. But here in Revelation, they are together. It's a conglomerate of nations. It's a political system. And we see that he opened his mouth in blasphemy, all of these against God, to blaspheme his name. They hate the name Jesus. You'll be hated for my namesake. And he goes on to blaspheme his tabernacle. Well, we are the temple of God. We're his tabernacle. And the whole body in heaven and earth is named that name, Jesus. And we are the temple of God. 
and them that dwell in heaven as well. So the whole body of Christ, those that are in heaven, they are in there with the throne of Jesus, caught up to God and to his throne, and these that dwell in the earth, but all having the same revelation of Jesus. That's Revelation 12. I saw a great one in heaven, a woman clothed with a sun. That is not national Israel. That's a church of the living God. Clothed with a sun, that's when the sun of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Under her feet, we see the moon, and under her feet, those are the lunations, those are the feasts of the Lord, which she has walked, the church has walked and accomplished in obedience. And upon her head, a crown of 12 stars, perfect government of God. That's the ceiling that we're going to see. Ceiling 12 stars is a perfect government, 12 the perfect government of God, and the ceiling of the 12 tribes of Israel, 12,000 each of the 12 tribes, which come unto perfection. These are they, which are the same, that come out of great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These are the ones that came out of great tribulation. Well, let's pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. The winter is the time of the north wind. Out of the north cometh a great evil, a great trouble, tribulation upon all the earth. We see that in the Jeremiah prophet to the nations in Jeremiah 1. Jeremiah tells us in that, vision given to him. First, he sees that first vision. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see a rod of an almond tree. That's a rod of the stem of Jesse. It's the Holy Ghost. It's Christ. And it, the rod of an almond tree is Luz. The almond is Luz in Hebrew, which Bethel was first called Luz, almond. That's the reason Aaron's rod budded and brought forth almonds. It's the priesthood, and we're all called for that priesthood. Not after Levi, but after that order of Melchizedek, which Jesus has attained. Called a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, and therefore we are called as kings and priests unto the Lord our God. The ones that overcome will reign with him in the earth a thousand years. So the first thing he gives us is uh, that assurance in the battle, we will win it. It's a rod of an almond tree. And God said, thou hast well seen, Jeremiah. I will hasten my word to perform it. In other words, I look on my word to make sure that every jot and tittle will happen according that that is determined will be done. Then what do you see, Jeremiah? The second vision. I see a seething pot a boiling pot, and the face thereof is toward the north. The face is the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. And it gives us revelation. The first thing that we see, the Lord is that spirit, Second Corinthians 3.17. And where the spirit of the Lord is, Christ in you, the hope of glory. There is that law. Where the, where the spirit is, there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of liberty. 
and we look into that perfect law of liberty and we're changed into the same image from glory to glory. We even there, we see in James, he said that we look in that perfect law of liberty and that we don't forget what manner of man we are. That is not only we are here of the word, but a doer of the word. But if we are just a hearer of the word and we forget what manner of man we are, then we're a double-minded man. Don't let that double-minded man think that he'll receive anything of God. We have to be obedient in all truth, in all things in truth. There, we see in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, we all with open face. Before in Pentecost, we saw through a glass darkly. We had knowledge in part, understanding in part, where there'd be tongues that would cease. Knowledge would be done away with. We had only a partial knowledge. We understood in part seen through a glass darkly. But now, in this season, in tabernacles, in that last fruit season, the fruit harvest of oil and wine, that we see not through a glass darkly, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, the very image of Jesus. That's what we're called for. For whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, the image of his Son, not something less, not just salvation by saying you're born again. The born again are little babies. And then we grow up to children. The little children know that Jesus is the Father. I write you little children because you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father of glory. Then I write to you young men because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Those are the overcomers. That's Revelation, the second and third chapter. What we're all called to do. To do that, to be an overcomer, we must do the will of God. Work out our own salvation with fear and trembling for it's God that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure. We don't do the will of God. We hear the frightful words, depart from me, I never knew you. For you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will profess to Jesus in that day, even though they call him Lord, Lord. They know that he is God, that he is the Father, but they have not done his will. It's called iniquity. And because iniquity will abound, the love of many will wax cold. And in the last days, we know that iniquity is abounding now, calling good evil and evil good. These are heady, high-minded, truth breakers, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. There we are to have no fellowship with that. That we are to walk in the light as he is in the light. That is present truth. Then we have fellowship one with another. Blood flow in the body of Christ. Forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some ends, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. What day? The day of the Lord. The night is for spent. The day is at hand. It's right at the door. And it says there, very basically, that we are to come to the image of Jesus Christ, not something less. The night is for spent. The day is at hand. That at night visions is what we're seeing 
in Daniel 7, which is in the night when that man-child is birthed, is born, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man. Those are the only ones that will be sealed in the apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7. That's right. There's not a pre-tribulation rapture. That's another era that the general church, the worldly church, has bought into that lie. What is that simply? That Jesus stands at the door and knocks, and he says, if any man will hear my voice, and open the door, the door of your heart, then I'll come in and sit with him and he with me. Fellowship with God in present truth. Well, John saw that on Revelation the 4, Revelation the 4, chapter verse 1. There was a door open in heaven to John and a voice of a trumpet talking with me, he said. That's the voice of the Lord in individual leading in the perfect will of God. It's not Pentecost. This is tabernacle. It's not Pentecostals. It's tabernaclist. I have much higher glory. A voice talking with him, saying, come up hither. Well, many will say, well, that's the rapture. No, it's not. That is a, a bald-faced lie, a gross lie, a gross error that you annul the whole work of God. What is it then? Well, that voice saying, come up hither and I will show you things which will come to pass hereafter. What are the things then? Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Things of truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And it says there in 1 John 2.20, you have an unction from the Holy One. You have no need that any man teach you. Then he goes on and says, and you know all things, and you know all truth, and all lies of the truth. It's freely given to us, but we have to receive it. We have to experience it. We have to obey. Not only a hear of the word, but a do of the word. Then we be blessed, and he will give us more. Take heed how we hear. The same measure you meet with all shall be measured to you again. That here is not just falling on your ear. To hear means to hear and uh, uh, understand and obey it in obedience under righteousness, which will yield the principal fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. But him that hath not, they do not hear, will be taken away even that which he has. There will be many in former reign that have the Holy Ghost because they will not walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. In present proceeding word of God, by which man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, that will lose all. They had the truth. They knew that he was the Lord. And he is the Lord and always will be the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. But Jesus said, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in the kingdom of heaven. The only those that do the will of God. Then they will profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. And in your name, we've cast out devils. And in your name, we prophesied. All these things they did. Jesus didn't say, no, you didn't. Yes, they did. But they failed to obey the voice of the Lord. 
they fail to come into all truth. They fail to grow up into him in all things, all things of faith. So they, they will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So whom that the Lord did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's the whole will of God from the foundation of the world to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. And that's what he did when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, not physically, but what he wrought to usward, the body of Christ. When he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, it's not a car, a physical right hand where there's a man standing at the right hand of God and the spirit of God's in the man. No. The man is God, and he prepared that place for us, not for him. He said, I sanctify myself for their sakes, so they can have that seat in heaven, being seated together in heavenly places. That's the body of Christ. Jesus, however, said, even as I overcame, and I am set, S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory. He's always been God, always will be God even though he humiliated and humbled himself to become a man. He made himself of no reputation. He took on the form of a servant. He's God that took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. He's not a man that was baptized with the Holy Ghost or that ascended the throne and became God. He is God himself, not a second person of the Godhead. There is no such thing as a second person person of the Godhead. That is uh, the beast that makes an image to that beast as a false son of God. And it will deceive many in the last days. And Jesus said, you think I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. Well, many think that Jesus is sending peace on the earth. That's how the Antichrist will deceive many and by peace shall destroy many. Jesus said, you think I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword to set a man at variance. The father against the son, mother against the daughter, mother-in-law against their daughter-in-law. A man's foes will be those of his own household. Therefore, any man that does not hate father, mother, wives, husbands, sons, daughters, and yea, their own life cannot be my disciple. You have to choose Jesus above all. And that is very plainly stated. And we will be tried in these last days, a trial as by fire, to whether we love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and might. And that is in the night. It's in the night visions that Daniel sees these beasts. But Revelation, John tells us that it is a conglomerate of a lion bear and a leopard. It's a conglomerate of nations. Let's see what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said, in that second vision given to him, we've already given a rod. We will be sealed, the servants of God in their forehead that receive the word of God and we're sanctified holy through that truth, through the word of God. But then he says, what seest thou, Jeremiah, the second vision? He said, I see a seething pot, a boiling pot, and the face of it's toward the north. What is that? The face is the glory, but it's not the glory of God. 
We all with open face beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord, we're changed into the very same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Most do not understand that because they're told that you don't have to mortify the deeds of the flesh, that God loves you the way you are, and you can have money and have a worldly, worldly mind and still please God. They totally annul sanctification, that we are to be sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body, in the fellowship of his sufferings. That's taking on the mind of Christ. For he that is suffering the flesh is seized from sin. 1 Peter 4, 1. Except a man forsaketh all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus stated that. The sold out are the only ones that's going to be in the vessels of honor meat for the master's use. And that's the commandment. Sell that you have, give on. Provide for yourself treasures in the heavens. For a moth and rust does not corrupt, these do not break through and steal. Somebody said, that's awful radical. Well, it is a commandment, it's not a suggestion. For where your treasure is, there's your heart also. In the very heart of the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus stated that, very point blank stated it expressly in Matthew 6, verse 19, that you are to provide for yourself treasures in the heavens. The only way to do that is to forsake all that a man has. Somebody said, I'm just supposed to give up all I have that I've worked for. You're not giving it up. You're providing for yourselves treasures in the heavens. By doing that, you have a treasure, an eternal treasure, not just here in the earth, where moss and rust can corrupt and thieves break through and steal, you have a more sure excellency there in a treasure in heaven that where that treasure is, there's your heart. That's the reason that ground of a rich man brought forth plentifully. And God's dealing with people now in his body that have, that he has blessed you financially. But this is a time now that the gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world for a witness in all nations. And the way God handles that and provides for it is through his saints that have possessions and lands and houses and etc. to sell those that have possessions and sell them and lay them at the apostles' feet. And then they have all things common and go forth with that preaching the gospel, the everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness in all nations. That's the only way to do it. And in Mark 10, that rich young ruler came to Jesus. And he said, the good master, what must I do to have eternal life? He said, what calls I me good? There's only one good, and that is God. And we know the Lord's dealing with people now. We have over a thousand ministers in uh, Africa, India, Nepal, Australia, etc., all over the world. And are crying out for this gospel. We have spent everything, literally millions, and going there. And, of course, through the coronavirus, we're down there to very a humble state. They're without the finances to go. We want to, and we need those that feel the call of God to do so to join with us, to literally come with us and provide the funds and the the essential uh, finances to go. How should they go? Except to be sent. So there's governments and there's health. And God's dealing with those now. 
Notice the ones that do, though, in Mark 10, they say those that have, that have left houses, lands, and families for the name of Jesus and for the gospel's sake, for the proclamation of the gospel to all the world, the true gospel of Jesus, the one God, not a trinity, a true one God gospel, knowing that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, doing the will of God, they shall receive a hundredfold more in this time, in this lifetime, with persecution. You never get away from persecution. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And in the life to come, eternal life. That's a promise. So you're not just on throwing God all away. You're not throwing anything away. You're providing for yourself treasures in the heavens. For moth and rust are not corrupt, thieves do not break through and steal. And then God deals with you differently. I remember when I sold out when I was 29 years old. I'm 73 now. Thank God, good health. And we're going and have a, a call to the nation. But during that time, there sold out and laid it at a one God uh, man's feet, went with him. Those that sell out will go with us if you so desire. But we'll have a center here in America. What is our vision? We'll have a Jesus-only training center right here in America. It'll be a place where the ministers can come and be taught the real Jesus. Behold the real Jesus. We have four books written on the Godhead. Here's of the Trinity. Behold the real Jesus. Christ, the revelation of Christ. And uh, that the offices of the Spirit of God, along with other uh, three other books there, on the work of the ministry and the manifested sons of God and the sold out. We have a book there called sold out. Uh, they're on the website, dentistbeard.org. You can purchase these books, but on that book, I cover in that book exactly what happened to me. And according to the scriptures, that it is a commandment of God to sell that you have and give alms. Jesus stated it. The apostles did it. The church sanctioned it. Everyone did in that former reign in Pentecost. But now we're in the last great reign. God calling his body for the greatest work of the ministry this world will ever see before the second advent. There we find in Acts the second and the fourth chapter that all that had land and possessions sold it. That all things common for the work of the ministry. You will find that these that did that. In Acts the eighth chapter, there was a, at Jerusalem, only the apostles. What happened to that sold out bunch? All that had lands and possessions sold them. Well, they were, went everywhere, preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. The ones that have turned this world upside down, the book of Acts said, have come to our city also. Many are called for that. Who will obey? Well, there will be some that will. And the ones that do will have a hundredfold more in this time and with persecutions never get away from persecution and you will preach this everlasting gospel you'll be governments and helps you will go along be the greatest move of god we'll take africa and india we have so many that have come out of trinity denominations and in that trinity doctrine say we never knew we never heard the explanation of how jesus the Father of glory, God himself, made himself of no reputation 
And God himself literally took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. When they saw it, they said, we're going back to our churches to bring him the truth and baptizing them in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, it's glorious, wonderful. There's been over a thousand ministers there that's done that. Some of them having eight to 10 churches in under them. And they're crying out it right now. There's a church right now in Nairobi, Kenya that have run over 2,000 there, not counting the ones that they have in Tanzania and Uganda. And the minister's waiting for us to come to bring this word. And there's many questions that they cannot answer. We need your help. We'll go. We're right here in Longview, Texas. We made uh, about 12 trips to Ghana, to Kenya. We preached to about 12 nations that have come there. And all of them that have received the word there have, and to our knowledge, every one of them have come out of the Trinity, seeing the true one God and saying it's so simple to see what can we have seen this 20, 30 years before. We have a place right now in Moroni, Kenya, where there is an old pastor with 20 ministers and under him named Pastor Osama waiting for us to come and baptize his people in the name of Jesus Christ. We tell him to go ahead and do it. He said, no, you brought the gospel. We want you to do it. Help us do it. Well, they had that man, the old man has been preaching for years. He's older than I am. But he's, he's has received this gospel. It was a time that he had to literally seek God and see the perfecting of the saints in this revelation of Jesus. And those that do will go on. A great move of God to where his eyes were open and came out of the Trinity. 20 ministers that under him, young ministers of God, less than 50 years old, and everyone waiting there to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and set up a training center there for them. Well, they are begging for it all over. We have ministers there in uh, uh, Katali, in Eldoret. Uh, there is a, a 73-year-old man there that has been in the one God gospel for years and uh, has uh, received that uh, back in 1973 that he received that revelation of Jesus, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But now seeing and going and following one to go on into all truth and has asked and uh, literally uh, put and pressed upon us to place a Jesus-only training center there in Eldorit. Uh, there he has ministers all over uh, from Tanzania to Uganda, etc. about nine nations that these, this elder is over. We need help. So those that do, and God dealing with you about the sold out and to be a part of the greatest move of God, bringing the people there of God into the last day proceeding word of God, in this great truth and sealing them in their forehead. God is doing it now and he's moving on his people to obey. Those that do will have a great, great blessing there and an exceedingly great reward there in heaven where moth and rust are not corrupt. Thieves do not break through and steal. And when you sell out, you know that God deals differently with a born again believer than he does a sinner. There we know that also when a person sells all that he has, 
and gives to the gospel and for the gospel's sake, for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God deals with that person differently. Why? Because it's perfection. You have literally forsaken the world. You're crucified in the world, the world's crucified unto you. From that day forward, it's all the gospel of Jesus Christ, nothing else. It's your sole purpose. And that's what you would do with us. We would literally take this gospel to all the world. Well, witness unto all nations. And we have in the Jesus Only Training Course four study manuals that goes in every office of the Spirit of God and how he works salvation in and of himself alone. And it's so simple when they see it, they say, oh, it is so simple that God loved us so much that he laid down his life for us. Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And we perceive the love of God through that. The true God, the real Jesus, not this false Jesus, not this false image of the beast, the full Jesus, the real Jesus, the true Jesus, the true gospel. And this gospel of the kingdom will be the one preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. Notice that there was a rich man there. The grounds of a rich man brought forth plentifully. He was blessed of God. And he said, what shall I do? I have much goods here. I don't have a place to store them. I don't know what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. I'll expand my business. Well, that's wonderful. He didn't lie, cheat, or steal to do it. He was blessed of God. But he misunderstood the leading of God. And that where it can cost you your soul. When God speaks, we must obey. Well, he said, I don't know what I'll do. I'll be a good businessman. I'll pull down my barns. I'll build greater. And he did. And he said, so take that ease. Watch that being at ease. Woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. God said, I'll search Jerusalem with candles. I'll punish all them that are set on their leaves. We must be stirred up. We must stir up that gift that is within us. We must do the will of God. That rich man, he said, so take that ease. Eat, drink, and be merry, for thou hast much good stored up for many years. You have a wonderful investment portfolio. You have a great retirement plan. You don't have to worry about a thing. But then a voice came from heaven that night. We're in the night visions now. We're when the nations of this world and out of the north, not just the north nations, but the kingdoms of the earth, are joining together in this conglomerate of the lion and the bear and the uh, leopard, which is that political beast of Revelation 13. That was spoken of in Daniel 7. Three horns are going to fall. One horn will come up. That little horn will be, though that son of perdition, the man of sin, that opposeth all that is God, or that is worship, so that he has God, set up in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And the Lord himself, will send strong delusion that all whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life or the foundation of the world will worship the beast through those signs, miracles, and lying wonders that he will do in the sight of the beast, that dragon that gives him his seat and great authority. But the ones that do know their God, 
will be strong and do exploits, exploitation, things that have never been done before. This is a radical change from Pentecost. Another most radical change in that we see. Not, not, not only will do these things, Jesus said, these works that I do shall you do. Well, he did redemption miracles. Jesus never killed anyone. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, lay one captive, going free. Blessed he who is not offended to me. Every time we go to Africa, we see blind eyes open. We see, we see deaf, mute, speaking here. Somebody said, well, what out in America? America's not seeking God. Apparently, those that do, that do seek God, will certainly be a part of it. But I'm afraid in America, we're increased with goods. And there's not that burning desire seeking God diligently. We're passive. We're not on that front burner. Well, that because of that, we're at ease in Zion, and we bought into this so-called prosperity gospel of where it's name it, claim it, snap it, and grab it. God wants you to have all these riches. You give God a thousand, he'll give you ten thousand, and etc. You know what I'm talking about. Many of there are thinking that gain is godliness from such turn away. All that will be rich fall into many hurtful lusts and divers temptations. We're told that. We can't serve God and mammon and money. You'll either hold the one and hate the other or uh, love the one and despise the other. We cannot serve God and mammon. Well, right now, those that do. Notice that rich man. His grounds bought forth plentifully. He didn't like cheat or steal to get it. But that night, the night visions there, the night that where we are now, we know it's not the same America we had before. We know that times are changing and that one world government. And we see all of that, not, not going into the Trilaters Commission and the Illuminati and the one world government. I'm not going into that. We're going into the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth, the real Jesus, the true God, the eternal life. We don't worry about the devil. Let the devil worry about us. We're going to seek God and listen to the voice of God and obey his will. And many, many thousands and hundreds of thousands, millions of souls will be saved. We reach the ministers which will break the bread to their churches. And that's what God's called us for. And they're all lying begging for us to come. And we're looking to you. If you feel God, you feel the call of God, the burning of the Holy Ghost then join with us. Join with me. We'll do it. We have uh, right now ministers that are crying and fasting for us to come and praying for the finances to do so. They're not after money. They're after the real Jesus. That's some hard. Well, we know that. There are always those uh, that are going to be hired harlings in there, but these are the ones that will forsake the, the people of God and they will run and forsake the flock because they are hired harlings. But the true, the true followers of Jesus will stand by that flock even in the witness, even under death. And as we see right now, that rich man, his grounds brought forth plentifully, he's blessed of God. Uh, how much of the net worth? Who knows? But certainly he had a good investment portfolio there. They said, so take that easy, eat, drink, and be merry. That's much good stored up for many years. Well, that's definitely an impressive portfolio. And what did God say? 
this night. Thy fool, thy soul shall be required of thee. Or if, can that be the truth? He didn't get it by lying, cheating, or stealing. He simply, the ground brought forth plentifully. He was blessed. But we find the full, the full reason of his soul being required of thee. And then who's those, who shall those things be? So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. Now God's calling right now in America, we will set up a Jesus only training center and there will be many ministers that will be trained there that will go out all over the world. I, as uh, a call servant of God, not for my righteousness or any of my holiness, but simply for the call of God that I've been in this thing almost 50 years that I will be going to. And then as the call for these ministers to come into this, this present truth of the word being sealed in this present truth will have that delivered to them through the preaching of the gospel. For God has called the foolishness of preaching to save those that are lost. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers, not for just salvation and being a newborn child of God, but for the perfecting of the saints and for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith. Not 23,000 different denominations that cannot agree on the true gospel. The unity of the faith until the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge is not gnosko. That gnosko, just knowing that Jesus is after the Spirit and not after the flesh, we know that he is the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But epigonosko, that Greek means higher to the real manifestation in the image of Jesus. That's what we're called for. <clears throat> Whom God did foreknow, then he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, not something less. That he bring many sons unto glory. And them that he predestined, them he called. Then we know many are called for you chosen. And them that he called, he justified. Justification by faith. But we don't stop there. And those that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, a full image of Jesus unto perfection. And that's what we're called for. And that's what we and you and me in the body of Christ are to go on unto perfection and those that are called for it. All first in the church apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, then workers of miracles, governments, helps, all of the body fitly framed together, compacted together in the ceiling. There, through the measure of every part, the body's coming together now. What's the measure? The measure of faith. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That's not a general faith. That is an individual calling. An individual will of God for each individual member in particular. And he compresses it, fitly frames it, and compacts it, seals it in the unity of the faith through the measure of every part, the measure of faith for every part, every individual member doing their will and purpose of God, their calling, which will edify that body of Christ in the unity of the faith. 
of whichever joint supplied. That's bone coming to bone, the body of Christ coming together. And whichever joint supplies, joining together to the edifying of itself in love. That's what we're called for. Don't be like that rich man to lose it all. Simply being rich toward himself, not rich toward God. And if God's done with you, give me a call. I'd love to meet you. I will meet you anywhere. Be glad to come to any city, any nation, anywhere that God has appointed and meet with you and give you our strategy and assembly, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come with us. Well, until next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.